Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. This episode is part of my special series with the exciting women I'm co-authoring the book called Women in Business, Leading the Way. And I have my co-author here, Susanna O'Brien, who's the founder and CEO of Blake Ryan Consulting. Blake Ryan Consulting is a certified women-owned company with over 14 years of experience, partnering with clients in all industries nationwide. Suzanne, hello and welcome to Back to Basics. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm so excited. I've had some of our Pink Shoe sisters already on the show. So every time I add one of you to this series, uh, I get very excited so that the audience can also get to know you and uh, hopefully check you out in our book. Yeah, you know, I think that's that's great, and I'm so excited to be here. And uh, so for the audience to gain perspective, Suzanne and I were talking, we are in right now in the middle of lockdown for coronavirus, so probably this is going to go out a little bit later, but uh, we've been getting very creative in terms of how to tape the podcast and what each of us is doing, so definitely we all have all these uh, changing times in mind. So, uh, Suzanne... I and, I, and and we've spoken about this and you're not that familiar with the podcast, which is perfectly fine. But one of the things that I'm always very eager to learn about anybody that joins uh, as a guest is learning about how you got to where you are. So I know you're a very successful businesswoman and you share that, but, and I know that you're, I think, quite young. You're much younger than my normal average uh, guess here. So, but you're a mom. I want to learn all about that. But tell me about your younger years. Were you born? Uh, how was your childhood? So I was born in Calif Southern California and I grew up um, down there until I was about 12 years old. Um, and then my mom had actually transferred um, for work up to Seattle. So that's what brought us up here. I had a, a fun childhood. You know, it was, I have a, a big family. Um, my, my heritage is Spanish. So the majority of my ancestors come from Spain. And so we always, it was always very, very family focused, huge family gatherings on the weekends. And um, I grew up very close with my cousins who are all about six months older or six months younger than myself. I really I just had a, a great family forward full of love and fun and laughter childhood. When we moved up to Seattle, it was kind of a shock. You know, I was used to the 80 degree weather and we happened to move in December when it was snowing. Okay, <laughs> so, oh boy. <laughs> that was very different. But I've been up here ever since and, you know, really loved the area. When I was younger, you know, one of my favorite things to do is play softball and ride horses. Okay. So I did that from probably, gosh, I want to say about sixth grade through high school. And horses are still one of my big passions. And I'd love to actually have some property one day and have a couple horses myself and, and have my children get into that. Well, um, that's as nice. well. 
That's nice. That's a nice vision. And uh, in terms of what you wanted to be, what you wanted to study, were you always clear what kind of profession you wanted to have? Or that was something that developed? Because, I mean, to, to become a business owner, is, so I always say it's a bold move and not everybody's cut for that. So take me a little bit into that, how that happened. Yeah. So when I was younger, I wanted to be a lawyer. That was always my big thing. I felt like I argued very well. Uh-huh. <laughs> we have that in common, by the way. I wanted to study law and every, sometimes people say, oh boy, you have been a great lawyer. <laughs> I don't know if they say for something good or bad, but in any case. I know. <laughs> so I wanted to do that. And then, you know, of course there were times where as a, a young teenager, I did a little bit of modeling and then that was my big career I wanted to do. Unfortunately, I'm 5'4", so that didn't really pan out for me. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I never thought I would be in the industry that I am. I honestly just kind of fell into it. Okay. And how did that happen? So when I was younger, um, when I was 21, I got my real estate license up here in Washington because, um, both my parents have been in real estate for almost 30 years. Um, and my mom has a brokerage and I moved to San Diego it's actually funny. So my husband and I were high school sweethearts. Oh, that's and nice. We were engaged um, when I was 21. And we just, it didn't work out at that time. There was a lot of stuff going on with our families. Um, and so we ended up splitting and I decided that I was going to move down to San Diego. Mm-hmm. I had no friends, no job, nowhere to live. Yeah. <laughs> Knew nobody. <laughs> um, and so I just packed my car up one day and headed down there. My dad drove me down and it worked out really well. I had a blast. I met some great people. And that's actually how I got into my first sales job. That's amazing because one of the things that I always highlight in this podcast are stories like the one you just said, like everything came came down, right? And you went through it quite quickly, but you were engaged to your sweetheart, to high school sweetheart. So that's a big deal to end that engagement and say, I'm moving, I'm packing my car and I'm just leaving. So, uh, I mean, I applaud you that you went through it. It took me, I have a full episode of, of my experience with something like that because it was so traumatic, you know? Oh, it is, yeah. Especially when you're so young. And I mean, we met when I was, funny because it's so cliche, but we met when I was 14. Um, I was a freshman in high school. He was 17. He was a junior. And I literally remember he walked up to me outside my Spanish class and he asked my name and introduced himself and asked if he could have my phone number. And he walked away and I looked at my best friend at the time and I said, oh my God, I'm going to marry him. Oh, and wow. she's like, you're crazy. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, no, I just, I don't know. I just know I'm going to marry him. Wow. Well, that's great. That's great. When you know, you know, they say it. Yeah, you're right. It's a cliche, but it's, it's great. So, and and I'm going to go back to this because people know I like these kind of stories, how everything pan out, but basically you were brave. You took a really courageous decision to go. And even yeah. when you didn't meet any, you know, didn't know anybody, you, you did it. And I emphasize this because a lot of people I know, they say, oh, I'm too old to do this, or how am I going to move? Or why am I going to have what I, what I do if I go to a place where I don't know anybody? And I, and I always say, you're going to meet some of your best friends, because oh, that's, that's what's happened to me. Every time I've moved, I end up meeting, you know, some of my best friends. So, so great. So San Diego was the one that gave you like a start on, on what you're doing in sales. 
So what I did, so I did, I got into sales there, which was really great. And then my sister, who's 14 years younger than me, was getting ready to go um, into high school. And so I didn't want to miss prom and homecomings and all of that fun stuff. So I decided to move back up to Seattle. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing real estate with my mom. And I decided I wanted to get a part-time job in between closings because I've never been a person who likes working on full commission. I'm I'm the type of person where I need to know that I have money coming in to pay my bills. (laughs) So I got a um, part-time reception position at a dental staffing company. And um, two weeks after I started, their hygiene recruiter quit. And I kind of been, you know, kind of watching and noticing. And I I talked to the owner because it was a family-owned business and said, you know, I might be interested in trying this. And so she gave me a shot and I ran and grew their hygiene department, which was their largest um, department of, of staffing and was promoted up to director of business development, hired a salesperson underneath me. Um, and I was there for a few years until I kind of, I hit the ceiling. There was really nowhere else for me to go unless I purchased the, the business, which was not for sale. And so I moved on to a larger corporation, but that's how I really got my start. I just kind of fell into it and, and realized I really liked it and I was good at it. And I really enjoyed helping people find jobs and take care of their families. And so from there, I moved on to a couple other companies. And then I, I was with the second largest global staffing agency for almost six years. And I ran multiple offices and multiple teams and and that's kind of how I, I really got my meat and potatoes experience of it, if you will. That's great. I mean, I, it sounds to me that in, in a way, you've been lucky that you kind of fell in the right place at the right time in love and in work. And uh, although you did have some challenges, uh, because it's not everybody. Some people say I fell into this job and I hate it. It's just I made, I made my career here. I've invested 15 years, 20 years of my life. And, yeah. uh, and I have a lot of friends like that because, you know, telecommunications is such a like segmented niche kind of industry Oh yeah, that that knowledge you have is very valuable. And, and even more because it's technology is valuable for a certain amount of time. If you step aside for two years, three years, then even what you know, it's already a little bit uh, <laughs> obsolete. Yeah. Yep. So, so I have so many conversations with friends that say, I want a career change. I want to do something different. And, and, and they feel they stuck. So, so that's great. And I know you are right now on full expansion mode. And, and that's yeah. part of why you were invited to be part of, of, of this amazing book and that I'm part of. And each one of us has such a powerful message and we're trying to pass on the knowledge to other women that are starting and, and, and that are uh, doing exciting things. So tell me a little bit more about that and, and, and your chapter. And I know you talk a lot about accepting change and adapting to circumstances. And really, obviously, you highlight the benefits of outsourcing and all that good stuff. Yeah. So for, you know, a lot of the things, especially in this industry, and like you said, with your industry, things are changing so quickly and technology is changing and the way people do business is changing. I mean, everything used to be always about sit down one-on-one meetings. And now a lot of it is via Skype or Zoom meetings. And so, you know, one thing that I think is so important is being able to adapt to change and being able to understand that it's not always a bad thing. Um, a lot of times it's it's great and great things come from it. You know, in this industry, I've seen a lot of change in good and bad. And that's 
pretty much honestly why I wanted to start my own business. You know, I'd been doing this for so long. And when I first got into the industry, it was really about partnerships and relationships and building long-term relationships. And it started to become more transactional. So it was really more about the bottom line, how much you know margin can we make, whether it was you know, charging clients more, paying candidates less. And that just, it didn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. And staffing really kind of just started becoming a bad word. Where when I you know, decided I didn't want to do that anymore and I wanted to start my own business, it was you know, really with the thought process of, I want to adapt to the way that clients are doing business. I want to adapt to their business models versus telling them they have to adapt to mine. Mm -hmm. So that was one thing I did, you know, when I I started my business is I have luckily a lot of clients that I've worked with prior who came with me and they asked me, well, what are you going to specialize in? And I said, honestly, I don't want to specialize in just one thing because then it really limits how I can partner with you and what I can do to help you. So I want to specialize in what you need me to specialize in. Mm-hmm. And I think any good recruiter can recruit the, the, for majority of roles out there. It doesn't, it's each role is very different, but the, the functionality of it and the fundamentals are all the same. And so for me, that was something that was really important is really just in this world of work as we see it now, not limiting yourself for what you can do for clients. So really taking a step back and saying, what can I do for you? Because that's that's where we're going to grow and expand. Well, I think that's a great approach. And, and by all means, everything I've read about, you know, how to expand these days, it's about paying attention to what's going on outside your company. I even interviewed someone in this podcast and he shared how he's built several businesses from just studying what trends online, Mm -hmm. just the hashtags, just what people are talking about. And, And he said, you know, if you pay attention to what's trending out there, then the market is telling you what they need, what they're, what they want, what they're passionate about. And I had never thought about it that way, but it makes total sense. So I I love that thought on not limiting yourself and just pretty much adapting to what your customer needs you to be. Absolutely. And, you know, I think for me, it's, it's something that a couple of my clients have commented on and said, thank you. You know, we've worked with these other companies or they say, this is all we do. And this is the only way we can help you. Or this is our process. You have to fit into that. And it's just, it's not conducive to the way that they do business. Yeah, I, no, I agree. I, I kind of tend to adopt uh, the same philosophy, trying to to adapt. And even as parents, I remember my husband and I, when, when we were about to have our first child, he said, we have to strive for them to adapt to us rather than us to adapt to them. Otherwise, our whole life <laughs> is going to be run by our kids. And we were very kind of diligent at doing that because we saw so many parents say, oh, no, we don't go out because they go out at this certain time or we don't do this. And I'm telling you, our kids have, you know, slept next to loud music (laughs) since they were really little, (laughs) gone to weddings, gone to travel. I mean, everywhere. And and right now, a lot of people say, oh, they're so easy to go to bed. I say, yeah, but it took it took some time to like, and rough decisions. My mom once told me that I was a bad mom because I was letting them cry <laughs> to themselves to sleep. 
And, oh my gosh, and, no. And now she's so and now she's so so proud, you know, like, oh my you know, they go to bed so easy. I say, yeah, remember that day <laughs> when you told me. But uh but that's definitely an a philosophy that can be applied in many, many different aspects. And and I know that you kind of are a firm believer that it and, and I think this is a tagline to your company that it's not about putting someone in the city, it's about finding the right fit. Yeah, that's exactly. You know, and I said, it's funny. I, I remember when I, gosh, I think like 10 years ago, I came up with that. And I thought, you know, this is really what this should be about. You know, it's not about, let me just find you a body that can get the work done for you. Let me actually find somebody who is going to be the right fit for skill set or the culture of your team for, you know, the soft skills you're looking for. And that's one thing I always ask clients, you know, outside of, a resume, because a resume to me, it's a blueprint of someone's experience. It's not everything they've done. It doesn't show the transferable skills that they have that could, you know, work for what you're actually looking for. And so that's one thing I always ask, you know, what are the soft skills and, and how can I find that person who, honestly, if you get seven or eight out of 10 um, check marks in your list of what you're looking for, you're knocking it out of the park. So that's always been the way that I've tried to approach my business and working with my clients is I want to find the right fit for you because I want you to work to me or refer me or, you know, have that long partnership. For me, it's really about building long-term partnerships. Yeah, that's absolutely, I think, uh, the right approach. And so for your company, I know you have expansion plans. You're opening a new office in California. What the future looks like? So we opened a new office in California in October. I was super excited. It's in Newport Beach, and we are um, looking to, you know, really start building our business down there. Um, my next, I'm hoping in the next, I'm really ambitious, depending on how all of the economy bounces back from everything. Yes. In the next year to two years, I'd like to ha also have a location in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. um, they are just booming out there with their, the businesses all moving and the tech businesses and hospitality. I mean, they, there's so much going on out there. So that is my kind of next two-year goal, yes. if you will. And to really, you know, I was very, very lucky and fortunate that I had that a annual, you know, budget essentially last year and I exceeded that. So I was super excited. So my goal is to double that this year. We'll see how that works. Because coronavirus is not, not helping my business right now. No, of course <laughs> but, it's not helping anybody's business right now. I know. And then bouncer than yeah, later. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's hope. And, uh, but you know, I know you're also a mom of two young children. How, and this is a question that we get in promoting our book all the time. And, and, this podcast is about going back to basics, which in a way we are right now in lockdown. How do you, mm -hmm. how do you manage that? How do you envision, you know, being successful, keep expanding, but at the same time being that family person that it's obvious you are also from your background? You know, it's, it's a tough juggling act, um, especially being on lockdown with a one-year-old and a three-year-old. They're going stir crazy. You know, mom and dad are going a little stir crazy mm -hmm. too, I think. But, you know, for me, it's really, I just have to sometimes just take a deep breath and I have to 
really prioritize what I'm doing. You know, this morning, my son was coming up to me and saying, mommy, come build robots with me. Cause that's his new thing. He loves to build robots out of Legos. Okay. And you know, I had to say, no, mommy has a call this morning and it kills me. Cause I'm like, all I want to do, of course, is play robots with you. Right. But then, you know, I have to say, okay, but you know, when I'm done, then I can make time to do it. Or yesterday, you know, I carved out and shut my laptop off and I said, I'll come sit down and have lunch with you. And so it's really just a juggling act of what is the most important, what needs to get done right now, what could maybe wait a little bit so that I do get that one-on-one time with them. I do have a nanny, which I've been very fortunate um, with my younger daughter. We kept my son out of school till he was one as well, and so we wanted to do that with our daughter. So she's definitely been very helpful with both kids being home and managing that. Um, And then my husband has been home now too. So he definitely pitches in a lot and helps, you know, keep the kids occupied if needed or, you know, whatever, whatever additional hands on deck that we need as well. Oh, that's so. great. And, and I don't know if this happens to you, but to me, I always, like you, you know, as moms, we struggle, but now that we're all in the same house, you know, every day, it's almost like the rejection to the kids. If you can, if you have a call and you cannot at that time play with them it's like it's harder to manage you know because mm-hmm. normally when they're in school you know I know how the the day goes and so I always make sure I leave some time when we come back from school to talk to them ta, 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 before I get back into work mode but right now as you say it's everything so intertwined and and they are bored and they are you know also dealing with this situation that of course is new for the adults imagine for the kids um then, then I feel even guiltier because it almost feels like we should all be watching movies together and just, you right? know, it's, it's like the instinct is like, oh, we are at home. It's like a vacation, but in reality, it's not. And, and you feel the pressure that, you know, the businesses are, you know, not moving at the speed they need to be moving. And uh, so it, it's very stressful. No, I agree. And I, I feel the same way. You know, it's uh, yesterday I was working um, on laptop and he came over and he just wanted to lay on my lap. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to work over him because obviously he just needs that time right now. Yeah. no, that's... <laughs> But it is, it's very, you know, cause they don't understand mommy and daddy are working. You know, they just understand, Hey, I'm home. Normally I'm not here. Now you're here. Let's, let's do stuff. So it pulls at your heartstrings a little bit, but he's pretty good about, you know, and learning patience. It's funny that you were talking about, you know, you and your husband and adapting because Jeff and I had the same conversation where, you know, he said, well, things are going to change when we have kids and, you know, we can't go out all the time. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, we can still go out and have babysitters and all this stuff. And I kind of had that same mentality of, you know, they have to adapt to us or we're going to be living for them all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. But it's, it definitely is a juggling act. Um, and it's interesting to see how they start growing up and, you know, as they're talking and they're learning the patience or, you know, you need to wait right now or wait your turn or so it's, it's a very fun, but crazy age. That's for sure. Absolutely. And apparently for what everybody says, we have to enjoy it because it goes too fast. And everybody that has grown up kids already, they say, Oh, those years. So those years. So I'm trying to be very aware of that and that, that, you know, it goes very, very fast. So I can't believe that, you know, my daughter is a 13 months already. I, I was seven months pregnant with her when I started my business. (laughs) I can't believe that she's already 13 months old and 
you know, my son just turned three. It just, it does. It goes by so quickly. Yeah. My husband the other day uh, said something and, and he's Dutch. So he's very spot on direct on some commenting. Our son is nine now. And he, and we were talking about that, how fast he's going. I say, you, you, do you realize that in the same amount of time that we've had him, He's out of the house. And that mm -hmm. kind of put it in perspective. It's like, wow, yeah, that, that didn't go, that, that went fast. And in the same amount of time, he's already going to be an adult. So that to me is like, okay, created some urgency. <laughs> like I have to take advantage because it's, time does fly. You know, I, I even think about as he grows up and, you know, when they start dating or when they go to college, I'm like, how in the world? I mean, I know they're only one in three, but how am I going to deal with that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That, my mind. <laughs> that is an interesting thought. But, uh, you know, obviously I cannot finish the interview. I have two questions to ask. One, tell us about you and Jeff. After breaking that engagement, what happened? You're married. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so we, um, I didn't, gosh, it's so funny. So we didn't see or talk to each other for probably about 10 years. Wow, that's a long time. I know. And I am a firm believer and he always makes fun of me, but I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Um, I've always said that. And so just out of the blue, I ran into him one day. I was at a, going to a client lunch and I ran into him. I hadn't seen him in 10 years. And, you know, he came up and said hello and gave me a hug and it was just very like shocking, but yes. Yeah, so it was, it was a shock, But it was also kind of exciting. All those feelings came back. You kind of, the memories start flooding you. And when he walked away, my client said, oh, who is that? And I, I told her, oh, he's just somebody that I, I know. I obviously, I didn't want to get into the whole story. Yeah. And she goes, he's in love with you. And I go, what? What are you talking about? Because that's such an odd thing for her to say. And she's like, no, you can just tell by the way he looks at you. Mm. And it was just so bizarre. And then we ran into each other like over the next year, I'd say, probably another like three or four or five times. Mm -hmm. And then he just, he, his life was transitioning and he, um, he was married and they ended up splitting up. And after they'd split up, he reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, would you like to grab a coffee? We've been running into each other kind of a thing. And so we ended up having coffee and, and going to dinner. And then we were just back together ever since. Wow. That's a great, that's a great story. I mean, I, I believe yeah. it. it's serendipity, you know, it's uh, sometimes mm -hmm. timing. And I say this also for business. I always say this. Sometimes it's about the timing of things and something that seems perfect or that seems good. It doesn't happen when it needs to happen, but Uh, timing eventually finds its way to, to, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I agree. Well, I agree. I'm, I'm happy work out that way for you. And, uh, and then of course, my mandatory question is, what do you do when you have like, let's say one hour for yourself? What makes you tick? What part of your day or any activity or reminds you, oh, this is Suzanne, this is who I am and I love and I'm passionate about this? That's a really good question. I feel like having two little kids, I don't have very many of those moments. Mm -hmm. I, that's a, I don't know. I'd have to really think about that. I think, you know, when I do have a little bit of spare time, I try to 
almost kind of just decompress and not think about things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So whether it's sometimes, honestly, I will just sit in silence and play Candy Crush for a couple of minutes just to kind of relax. Or sometimes I will just kind of veg out and watch some of my, you know, reality shows that my husband makes fun of me for all the time. Um, but you said like uh, you said like you like talking to people. What, what I try to get to is like it's good to be relaxed. But there there are things we do. What did I do the other day? And I say, oh, this is something that I also forget that I love doing. Maybe I, we went for a bike ride, and uh, with the entire family, and just I, I was listening to music. And I could see my kids and my husband right there. It's like a picture. It's a movie in front of my eyes, you know? And that just makes, gave me butterflies and, and made me tick. And they say, this is, this is what life is about. It's not about our conference calls. It's not about the craziness of our days. No, I agree. I would say, you know, honestly, when we were in California last year, we went down for around Christmas and we took the kids to California Adventure. And I just, just seeing my son is he was very into the Avengers and Buzz Lightyear. And you know, he got to see Buzz Lightyear and just seeing his eyes light up for me, I was like, you know, this is just, um, this is just really what, what it is about. It's building these memories, making these memories, you know, and, and just seeing how happy he was. I think for me, that's probably what makes me tick when it comes, you know, deep down. That's great. Now, that's great. And I think that in the time we're living, if we can take anything positive out of this craziness is that we are living more of those moments that I think make us stick. And I hope we don't forget about them when we move past all this craziness. Absolutely. No, I agree. Great, great. Well, Suzanne, I really wish you the best of luck. I'm honored to be on this book journey with you. I hope the audience uh, could grasp how exciting you are and and this group of of women that I've been interviewing. And uh, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. I'm so excited to to be on your show and to to take this journey with you and the other women as well. And, you know, I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, to all the audience out there, our book, it's going to be out very, very soon. Women in Business Leading the Way. And I will make sure to keep you posted on when you can buy it. Thank you so much. And until the next episode of Back to Basics. And until the next time. (laughs) 